What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam, join with Matt, getting you geared up for a big week three around the NFL. The Giants, already starting the week off hot for uh, us locals, fall to the 49ers 30-12 to on Thursday Night Football. The Giants now 1-2, and the 49ers now 3-0. and A lot to get to today. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Happy Friday. Very happy Friday, unless you are a Giant fan, of course. Um, I think the way to look at this, and I think just from all the talking heads that I've heard so far today about the Giants, is that's kind of an expected loss. We, you know, we said it about uh, the Cowboys game in terms of being Jet fans, where even if you have Aaron Rodgers, you might lose that game. I think even if you're 100% and you have Barkley and you, all your Andrew Thomas is playing and you're fully healthy, you still might lose that game if you're the Giants. So uh, we'll get into that uh, in, a little bit in more depth right now. We'll talk uh, Jets preview around the league. Um, and then, of course, uh, our picks, Matt, 3-1 and one on the picks to my 2-2, two and two, hits his underdog pick, which gives him six points. And myself still stuck at two points. I think Back you have to the three, Giants. actually. So don't, don't don't sell yourself short. I think you're I think you're three points, sir. No, I think I missed both picks. Remember the the Falcons didn't cover; they just won. So I'm two and two. Yeah, but we but we we clean swept week one, so that means that you would have gotten three. Oh, that okay, correct. I'm thinking t- I'm two and zero oh with three points. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um. Anyway, not clean swept. The Giants. What did you think of the game last night? Uh, well, you know, I actually kind of felt like for the first half that they almost did what I wanted uh, a couple of days ago. And we talked about this game. Uh, yeah, we, we penciled it in as a loss. But, you know, my whole point was just I'd like to see you hang around the spread. You know, if, if they say you're going to lose by 10, then lose by 10. Let, let's not let it snowball. Uh, and unfortunately, in the second half, it kind of starts to. Uh, so they lose 30 to 12 here. Um, I don't know if you agree. I do. And there was never a moment where you felt like, oh, the Giants might have this one. But I, I do feel like in the first half, they, they did seem like a more competitive team. Uh, you know, if if you have Saquon in there, then then yeah, how many points is he worth? Uh, you know, I, I feel like the, the gap of the score was really all you had as a Giants fan or even just a, as someone looking at the game to, to tell you anything about the Giants. But uh, no, I mean, an expected loss, but you could totally make the argument that the Giants two losses have come to very potentially the two best teams in the NFL. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of where I stand as well. They, the 49ers are no joke. Let's, let's get to them, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty of what this means for the Giants going forward. You know, we spoke about Brock Purdy last night. They didn't even have arguably their, their second best uh, weapon on the outside and Brandon Ayuk didn't even look like they batted an eye the entire night. Maybe in the first the first couple drives, I thought Purdy in the offense was like sputtering a little bit. But you know that that what the, what does Belichick call it? Like that middle eight where you the the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. That's where the game was won. Really, they they just turned it on the the entire third quarter. The the Forty ers offense was. Uh, looked to be pretty pretty unstoppable. The fourth quarter, ten points in the fourth to really put the cherry on top. Um, this 49ers team is really no joke. Uh, they with Debo Samuel, who I mean, I don't know if I've seen a player in a long time that you know he is such a prototypical just weapon, and he can line up literally anywhere. 
And it's he's such a threat, whether it's in the backfield, you know, you'll even see him going to these crazy uh, motions in the backfield. And the entire defense is, is looking at the guy because he's such a such a huge threat from anywhere he lines up. And then you have McCaffrey and then you have Kittle. And all you need really is a point guard to distribute the ball. And that's exactly what I thought Brock Purdy was able to do last night. Uh, yeah, I, I the reason I brought up Brock Purdy yesterday uh, to you and, and you know, j- just for some background, I, I decided to text the uh, the group chat and I said, is there a chance that Brock Purdy's just a pretty good quarterback, like like almost like an established above average quarterback? And, and the reason I felt like that is, you know, and, you know, you said yourself, I don't know how much it was tongue in cheek, but if he were a jet, he'd be terrible. And uh, our other friend had said, you know, he's missed a lot of throws tonight, but just in terms of efficiency. I mean, if you just look at any box score week after week, he's good for a couple of touchdowns and 300 yards week after week. I totally get Kyle Shanahan. I I totally understand how loaded the 49ers is. I get that it's such a perfect situation. And I'm not, you know, I'm not even making any claims here. I just feel like maybe it's time to have the, the conversation because, I mean, first round picks in the NFL are gold. Um, it's just, I mean, you, you watch the way the, these GMs treat first round picks. It's, it's, it's the most valuable thing in the NFL to own. This is a 49er team that traded three of them to, to grab Trey Lance and they gave up on him like that. So if this is just an offense that anyone can operate, I mean, we're talking about Trey Lance being a better athlete than Brock Purdy. I just attributes wise, you probably, if you looked at both of them on an open field, You'd probably say, "Oh yeah, Trey Lance, that that's the better football player," but he he's already out the door, and they're riding with Purdy. I mean, don't you just get the sense that if anyone could do it here, that they wouldn't they, they wouldn't give up on someone that they mortgaged so much for? Uh, I think all all good points. I think I agree with with most of that. The the thing that I, I kind of I, I want to say have been you know an issue with per se, but I think you know we're. Brock Purdy's great, and obviously it was just very complimentary of the offense, and he's 3-0, he haven't lost, everyone knows the deal. But, like, I want to see it, it works in the regular season, and it works, you know, when when you're just, I don't want to say coasting, but, you know, week to week where you get the week preparation and you're you're not playing in any sort of, you know, a playoff environment. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'll give him all the praise that he he deserves, and, again, he very, very, very much so deserves the praise that he's been getting. And so, again, like you said, so do the 49ers for kind of seeing that that Brock Purdy and his style of play, regardless of his pick or his stature in the league uh, or his stature at all, it can get the job done. That's fine. I'm I'm not going to be as complimentary of him until I see it on the absolute biggest stages. And, you know, and that doesn't mean, you know, hoisting the Lombardi trophy, but I think that there's something to be said. And this is, again, getting way ahead. But. Uh, in terms of the, just the overall 49ers, right? They haven't won. I was watching the pregame yesterday, and I think they said uh, Richard Sherman was talking about how you know this team is so good and has been good so good for so long, but they're never they weren't able to get over that championship hump for I I, th- I don't know the exact amount of years, but it's been a while since the 49ers have won uh, a Super Bowl, and they've always been there and they've always been competitive. But I guess if you're a 49ers fan, it's almost like and again coming from a jet fans point of view where we would just take any, you know, serviceable quarterback at this point. But for them, I feel like they're at the point of their organization where, okay, yeah, you know what? Brock Purdy can do it. And X player could probably play quarterback over here, but is that going to get us over the hump? 
right? Like we have the system in place and, you know, maybe their system is just kind of like we say about the Yankees, right? The Yankees are, if we coast with our guys, we'll win 90 games is kind of the way, again, obviously not this year, but for most of the Yankees last, you know, five years or so, we've thought we've said if they coast with this roster and this payroll, they'll win 90 games just, just based off the, the talent alone. Maybe that's the case with the 49ers and we can compliment them for that. Sure. But I want to see them get over the hump. And I think that's where uh, the, the Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy legacy or Brock Purdy, uh, you know, status in the, of the, among quarterbacks in the league really can can really get into it. So, again, I don't want to sound like it's such a simple answer and that I'm just saying, you know, I got to see him win something or kind of do it. But when it gets to those big stages and you, you're going against the Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons, I know different, different conference, but you know, you're going against the elite quarterbacks and the elite defenses on the, the highest stages and the, the most uh, aggressive fans uh, fan bases. That's when I think it's really going to show he can play whatever system he wants, but I think that's that I need to see them. I need to see the quarterback get the 49ers over the hump before I start saying that, you know, he's just the right guy for the job versus just oh, yeah, someone yeah. that's going mean, to coast. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say I'm setting the bar as that high. I just kind of, we, we always have this notion that like, oh, what, what a lucky guy that uh, Mr. Relevant is. And I, I just feel yeah. like he, he's played some good ball. You know, I'm not talking about racking up a bunch of playoff wins or taking them over the hump. But I mean, you would think with a team like the 49ers that Trey Lance would be the guy that you're trying to get over the hump with, j- just given how much you gave up. But um. Yeah, that's really all I wanted to touch on. I think Brock Purdy's interesting. And I, and I feel like my bar I was setting was really more like, not to say can he win a Super Bowl with San Fran, but I don't know. For example, as a Jets fan, right now, you know, would you take him kind of thing? And of course, yeah, of course. Right. So, uh, but, but I think I also agree with, you know, me personally and just how I look at rookies and look at, I guess, quarterbacks and my offensive philosophy. You get a an offensive-minded head coach – with again, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, midseason acquisition last year. Um, you, I, it's going to be hard to be bad there, I think. And I, again, I don't want to sound like I'm taking it away from Brock Purdy because, you know, Zach Wilson can't do it with all the weapons he has in New York, right? You know, we've seen that from time to time or week after week, to be honest. But I just think that the, I don't want to say any quarterback would have been successful there, but the the quarterback that would have been successful, the the bar is, I feel like, a lot lesser. Like, I, you know, they wouldn't necessarily benefit from, you know, we talk about the Jets and needing a quarterback, and we people have thrown out uh, Kirk Cousins and, you know, even like Math, Matthew Stafford and people like that. I don't really know how much the, the 49ers would benefit right now from a guy like that who is going to command so much money. Again, he makes... I think a big key of this also, too, is money. He makes almost no money, uh, Brock Purdy. So they're able to have all these shiny toys around him on offense and defense. And again, I think that there's he's if you can be a good point guard there, that will win you 10 plus games a year. Speaking of the uh, speaking of the money part of this, I I was reading earlier that, you know, like we just said, Brock Purdy, you know, he kind of goes out there week to week. He's good for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, and a win. Uh, Brock Purdy is making $780,000 this year. Yeah, crazy. 49ers have another quarterback who went out there last night to take a knee who's making $4.5 million this year, and that would be a friend of the show, 
um, Jet Legend Sam Darnold, obviously. Oh yeah, I you know what I was I I did watch that game to the very very end, and I saw the the Sam Darnold cameo. Um, good for him, honestly. You know, uh, I was a big Sam Darnold hater, but I think I was more of a Sam Darnold hater because he was my quarterback. He can go be the backup anywhere else. I'll root for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's let's get back to the Giants. Enough of the, the 49ers talk. Um, what did you think about this Giants team? You said you, you said, you know, you're happy that, you know, for a large portion of this game, they hung around. Obviously, the expectations without Barkley were were uh, not what we, I guess, would have said with him, obviously. But, you know, they I thought the offense looked rough last night. And I, but I thought Daniel Jones didn't look bad at all. And I, it was like a weird feeling to me. Did, did you, did you have similar thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I thought Daniel Jones played about as well as he could. And I mean, the Saquon loss, you know, for any game that they don't have Saquon, um, I forget what their record is, but they're not very good when they don't. And that's just because the offense runs through Saquon Barkley. Even if it doesn't show up on the stat sheet one night, you know, obviously having him in the backfield makes a difference. And, you know, you put a little bit of pressure on a defense and, and you don't let them get comfortable. You don't let them, um, you know, you, you make them stack the box. You make them not. I mean, your your biggest rushing threat was Matt Breida, who, who was on the ground four times. Yeah, four four carries, 17 yards. And then, but what, what I thought was really interesting was a couple of things as far as the offense. And again, you, I, I've said this about the Vikings. I feel like I'm there's going to be a team that I'm going to say this with every single week, if not multiple where, you know, you just have to commit to running the ball. I said it about the Jets last week, said it about the Vikings week one and week two, uh, and I'm going to say it about the Giants now in week three. You you won't win games. You know, find me the game that was won where the running back had – the lead rusher had less than seven carries. You know what I mean? It just doesn't happen. So uh, I thought that was definitely a, a big point. And, I, look, I get game flow and all that, but – you know, you go down early in this game, Giants Giants go down. It was 3-3 for the entire first quarter. And then the, the second quarter, the 49ers turned it on, but the Giants offense did nothing in the second quarter. And I thought that them not using Daniel Jones' legs on some design runs was, was a bit perplexing. I get the 49ers defensive line is unbelievable, but you, you mean to tell me that you couldn't, couldn't get Daniel Jones on? I think I saw one QB draw last night. He, he couldn't go for you know, a 10 yard rush here or get a first down. Like he couldn't get, he couldn't pick you up four yards and like a scramble here, like to only rush two times for five yards. And Daniel Jones, that's, that's a big part of his game. That's just kind of neglected. Yeah. Especially in a game like that, where, you know, you're kind of dropping back over and over again. Like you, you didn't find one lane. That's kind of, you know, I would say that's probably what Daniel Jones does best, or it's the best, you know, complimentary part of his game. And uh, you, you saw none of it. So, yeah, and obviously another huge and listen, it's been two weeks. I don't want to I don't want to sound insane here, but well, I mean, really, the only the, the only really improvement they made to their offense was supposed to be this big security blanket in Darren Waller. And just I mean, listen, again, it's two games. He's done nothing. He's just a guy. Yeah, he I'll I'll even go as far to say last night. And I think a big, you know, a big reason I always say we got to watch the games. You can't just look at the box score because if you look at the box score and see Daniel Jones, 22 of 32 for 137 and a pick, doesn't tell the whole story. I thought there was about two, there was for sure two, if not three, throws by Daniel Jones that I'm not going to say that they were they were put between the guy's numbers. 
But like you said, when you get this guy, Darren Waller, who's this, again, they raved about him in the offseason. Apparently, a lot of teams really like the proposition of, of him coming to their squad. And then he goes out, and I thought he had two to three really, really bad drops yesterday. And one of them specifically was on like a third and eight, uh, or maybe even longer, where it was a clear first down off his hands. And he just, it was a, it was a catch that a, a legit tight end weapon makes George Kittle makes those catches. You know, Travis Kelsey makes those catches. Go, go on to whatever your favorite tight end is. Dallas Goddard on the Eagles makes those catches. That didn't happen yesterday. And I thought that was two huge plays in the game. And not only if you're, if you're a believer in, I guess, quarterback and offensive momentum, like I am, those are drive killers. They're they're an, an eight yard drop is just as bad as, you know, a penalty in my opinion. Like if you're going to gain eight yards, you're, or if you're going to drop an eight yard pass, you don't gain those eight yards. What's the difference in losing 10 and having an extra down on a penalty? Very similar in my opinion. So I thought those were two really bad, two to three really bad plays there by Darren Waller. Uh, targeted seven times, led the Giants in targets, three catches for only 20 yards yesterday. Um, I mean, even just the receiving numbers are rough. Paris Campbell, notably, he had six targets, six catches, 24 yards. That's it. They they couldn't get the ball downfield. I was – Brandon and I spoke about the Giants and kind of leading up to it, we, we gave some of our little, uh, little nuggets and stuff that we like betting-wise. I was all over Jalen Hyatt touchdown. He had 15 snaps and didn't get a target last night. Very perplexing after playing a great game in the how, second half against the Cardinals. How is that possible? It, it's well, I don't understand. I, I guess, like, especially when we're talking about like, okay, Darren Waller, he, he had seven targets. He's supposed to, you know, he's supposed to be the guy that, you know, takes this offense to a new level. Cause last year it was, you know, it was kind of embarrassing at times. I mean, he's been bad. You have a guy who just popped off. He's probably the best receiver on your team, and he doesn't come away with a catch? Well, I think it was – I'm not sure if it was Dable or just one of the coaches or even just a reporter that kind of made the the um, analysis, but they said the reason that he was not on the field as much yesterday was because, point blank, they needed to have an extra tight end in there, Bellinger, to block for Jones in that D-line, uh, the D-line pressure they were getting on Jones. And like I, I, I get it, I understand, but you're giving a guy like Paris Campbell, you know, six targets. That's what you know, I'm saying. One or well, yeah, well, you know, I agree. One or two of them couldn't have just been like, "Hey, f it, Hyatt's down there somewhere," because that's the kind of player he is. Yeah, I, I don't know why why that would come at the expense of him. Yeah, I I agree. You know, you can you can have like newsflash, Giants. You can have your wide receiver on the outside and still have an extra tight end in there. That's that that can happen. Um. But yeah, I just thought, you know, as I thought Daniel Jones was really uh, the the only one on offense that kind of really kind of sh- showed up yesterday, I'll say. I, th- I thought the entire o- rest of the offense was sleepwalking. Um, and then uh, on, as far as the defense, finally Kayvon Thibodeau shows up. I believe he had a sack uh, and, and a couple tackles. Um, but then these third down defensive penalties were crazy. Like they, I think there were three or four of them that uh, specifically, I think it was before the second half or maybe it was the third quarter. The 49ers had like not like 10 chances in the giants red zone because they got two third down penalties. One was like a legal contact. And then one was like a, a hold on the defensive back. And the giants were getting killed by penalties yesterday. Yeah. Well, it stinks when you feel like, 
just for your franchise that that's just a box that you checked off. It's something that you solved. Um, you know, everyone loves Brian Dable. And I mean, even against Dallas, even, I mean, the Giants have, have been taking bad penalties. Yeah. And, and you can, I don't know if you agree, but a lot of people will say penalties are on coaching. I'm not necessarily the biggest proponent of that. I think it's, especially now in the NFL, like some of these ticky tack, uh, you know, there was a bad, there was a, I want to say bad because by the, by the letter of the law, it makes sense. But what, what did you think of that roughing the passer penalty? I, I forget who it was on, but did you see the video of it? I did. I actually didn't see that until this morning. Um, It was lame. Yeah. 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 It, that's it was, all. That's all I had to say about it. I think that's a good yeah, way. Yeah, that, it, was just, it was just lame. <laughs> it was. Yeah. No, that it's, I I get it. You know, they don't want to stop. Uh, they they want to stop these defensive linemen for putting their, you know, 100% body weight and kind of protecting the quarterbacks. I get it. But, you know, if again, I'll, I'd root for the Giants when they're when they're not playing the Jets. And I was rooting for them last night and I saw that and I was like, damn, that's that's a tough one. Um, before we before we move on to the Jets, I just want to shout out Mike McFadden, uh, linebacker on the Giants yesterday. I I'll be brutally honest. I, I wasn't too familiar with him going into the game last night. He played a, a game and a half, 10 tackles, four tackles for loss. And he, like I said about Daniel Jones on the offensive side, he was in every play and he seemed to be the only one that wasn't really sleepwalking on this defense yesterday. I just thought we should give him his flowers because he played a great game yesterday. You know, that, that was, that was nice of you to do. Yeah, I hope Mike McFadden, big listener of the show, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't want to look too far ahead for the Giants, but I mean, just real quick, the Giants have played three games. There's no way you felt good about any of those three, and obviously they're one and two right now. Actually, I, I would probably argue that you feel the worst of those three games about the one that you won as opposed to the other two games. It's been a wacky start uh, for the Giants. The Giants, a long week. They will be on prime time again next week. I think this is this is the first like true fair test for the Giants here, right? You're not playing an all-world team. Uh, you're not playing the worst team on the face of the planet that for some reason you struggled mightily with. Uh, this is a home game on Monday Night Football. Uh, Geno Smith and the Seahawks coming to town. Uh, a lot of time to get into that one, but just a, a really strange three-game stretch here. I mean... It, <laughs> 40 to nothing to the Cowboys. You squeak one out in Arizona, 31 to 28. You lose to San Fran, 30 to 12. I said last night, I'm going to be excited to see the Giants overall point differential at the end of the season. It's it's going to be great. Yeah, you, you did mention that last night. And uh, a couple, I guess, silver linings here for the Giants or a silver lining. You know, the long week, I, I really thought they, they gave Barkley every chance to to kind of show that he might be able to, you know, at least be a decoy for this game tonight uh, or last night, but they Barkley was out. But I think the extra long week, uh, this is probably, I think this is actually the longest, the longest span possible uh, you could have, you know, Thursday to Monday in the NFL. Uh, so I think Barkley might, I, if I had a guess, I'd say he's about a, a true 50, 50 shot to play on Monday night against the Seahawks. On yeah, a second, we'll so we'll hear more about it. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now. I think that just like I said about the Cardinal game, I, I think that for for being in the first quarter of a season, I feel like you, you start to get pretty close to like almost being in must win territory. When you, when you look at how difficult it is to come back from being o two or one and three in this league, um, you know, so so protect MetLife on Monday night and win that game. 
uh, we'll have a lot of time to go over that one. Yeah, uh, definitely will. And and of course, can't overshadow the uh, the Geno Smith return to MetLife on Monday night. I know, I know, you're going to be all over that. I might go and wear my Jets Geno. You should. I I really think you should. Maybe we should get our uh, our 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 funding department to to fund that for you. They don't. They don't send us places much. Not enough, yeah. anyway. Whoever they is. Um, yeah. Anything else about the Giants before we start looking forward towards a huge Jet game? No, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So you're ready. I don't know if Zach Wilson is. I don't know if the Jets are. We know, and you know, I would bet my life that Bill Belichick will have this Patriots team 120 percent ready for this game. Uh, just by the nature of himself and the nature of their season at 0-2 right now. This is a – it's funny that, you know, we just said about the the Giants, how this the Monday night game against the Seahawks might actually be must-win next week. This game might be a must-win, or both teams might see this game as a must-win on each side. And I think that presents an interesting, interesting case. I just think it is. I just think this is a must win. And and maybe that's just me being a little too emotional when I go back to uh, what happened last year against New England or, or just when I think about the fact that, you know, you've lost your last 14. The last time you beat New England was down the stretch in 2015, a big game. You've lost 14 straight since then. And I mean, already uh, the Patriots being favorited is a little strange to me. The, the Jets at home, I mean, you would have to say head to toe, they're the better roster. Um, I, I mean, this this game to me is just like if you lose this game, I, I don't know how anyone gets up for the season anymore because this was the like breaking point of last year. And last year's game against the Patriots was really it was a culmination of everything about Zach Wilson leading up to that moment. And that was by far the worst game of Zach Wilson's career. Um, I don't know if you remember last year, Zach Wilson uh, threw for 77 yards going nine for 22, um, and and obviously a couple of turnovers to Zach Wilson special. Um, And obviously, this is the infamous infamous post-game where they ask him, did you let the defense down? And he says no. So when I just say a culmination of every bad thing you ever heard about Zach Wilson, whether it was was never a captain or, you know, players wearing the Mike White shirts, or every now and then you would just hear that guys don't really like him in the locker room. That game, the way that he played and then the way that he handled it afterwards, that was the breaking point of the season. And that was really, I feel like that was the end of, or at least we we wanted that to be the end of Zach Wilson, just just in all of our minds, just as Jet fans. Like that was that was the breaking point. That was done. Um, and then you find yourself now, uh, worst nightmare realized again, it's Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick. And, you know, Bill Belichick's still a great coach, right? But this is even tougher now because when they're not going to Super Bowls every year, I, I think that the Jets are Bill Belichick's Super Bowl. And uh, I, I think he's looking to embarrass Zach Wilson again. I need Zach Wilson to just just be able to fade into the background. You can't be such a sore thumb or just be so out of your league that the whole entire story is about you again uh, like it was last year. So I just wanted to – lay out everything I, I think about Zach Wilson going into this game, how important this game is for him and for the Jets before we break down the rest of it, because I just, I really don't need him to be uh, the trending headline that comes out of this game again. So I'll, and then I'll, I'll go back to you with this. And I have a point to me, to me just cutting that all short. Do you think the Jets win this game? Yes or no? 
Just answer. Just say yes or no. See, like I don't like if I had no. Do you think the Jets win this game? If yes I had no? no, like I knew nothing about the history of the Jets or anything or, or the or you know the way that these games go with the Patriots, and you just show me these two teams. Yeah, the Jets obviously should win this game. Okay, and so I think it's strange that they're dogs, regardless of Zach Wilson. So I agree, and I think that if you're the Jets and if you're Robert Sala and you're this coaching staff, and then even more so if you're Zach Wilson. You got to forget about all that. This is a new team. This is like, you can't I, look, I agree with using stuff as fuel. And I agree with, you know, getting, if you're an, a high level athlete, like these guys are that like Tom Brady always said, you got to generate that fuel and I get it. And, but I don't think the Patriots are the, the team to do that against. And you know, they're, they're obviously going to be the, the thorn in your side for the, the organization's thorn in their side for eternity. I, it seems like, or as long as at least Bill is there. But to me, if you're Zach Wilson, you're this coaching staff, you need to tell this to your team and rule this into their head. This is, this is, yes, obviously it's the Patriots. We get it. It's a divisional game at home that, what did I say about week one? You have to win these games. And I, you know, I don't care if it was, if every ghost of jets past was on the sideline this weekend and every failed, failed quarterback, was was you know uh betting against them to lose on on their their podcast or whatever forget about it right you need to you need to take this game and this needs to be the game where you got to understand that you have the better roster like you said you you have the better weapons like i think a lot of jet fans would agree and if you're Zach Wilson you can't don't think about the last time you played the patriots don't think about the the what this you know what Bill Belichick is known for confusing these young quarterbacks and how he's successfully done it to you in the past don't think about that you need to go into this game and just take it for what it is at, at face value and win the game and I think that if the Jets can do that and if the Jets can get off to I'll, I'll say this if the Jets can if the Jets have the opportunity to win the toss start with the ball let I'm okay with letting Bill Belichick get his you know his halftime stuff start with the ball make a statement make the, get the crowd involved run the ball please and win this game you're right the jets have the better roster and if you you forgot about everything these are your words not mine if you just forget about everything else and looked at the roster and this game at face value you should win and i think that needs to be the message here they they keep letting i feel like every time there's like a turning point in a jet season for the past x amount of years it's always well, you know, two years ago when this happened, uh, that's when the, the, the turning point happened. Or, you know, the, well, this is the game that is infamous, infamously known as this. Forget about all that, right? This is a new season. We, Aaron Rodgers is not here, but he was brought here to kind of put the Jets in a different hierarchy of the NFL. And I get he's not here. I get that he, he won't be here for the entire season. But this roster still is. And this defense that vaunted itself as a the, you know, the next 86 Bears or whatever they said, they have to show up. They have to show up and they have to make statements and get yourself a pick. Sauce Gardner dropped a pick last week. Forget about it. If the next one comes your way, pick it off again and take it to the house. It's as simple as that. And I think that if we start seeing them get down early and get down on themselves, I think the worst thing that could happen in this game is an early interception, an early turnover by the Jets, because that's when stuff starts creeping in. Set the tone. I'm, I think this is a game where it, it makes sense to start with the ball especially at home. And I, I, my, my big thing, and I guess really my only take is forget about it. Forget about all that stuff. This is, you, you have to win this game and you don't, you don't need to worry about all that because you know, it's the best way to get rid of all that previous stuff. You win. 
Zach Wilson was a sophomore in high school the last time the Jets beat the Patriots. That's crazy. How about that? You know what the momentum would be like if Zach Wilson could not only have a you know even a decent performance, like you said, just just fade into the background and not lose the game. If he can do that and end this this streak against the Patriots that the Jets have, imagine what his feelings is going to be like next week and ha- the confidence that's going to start building snowballing. We always talk about the negative snowballing. Why can't when was the last time the positive started snowballing for the Jets? And it's got to start somewhere. And I think that this this game for more than just again for overlooking all the other stuff is a must win for the Jets for, and for this organization. I, I get uh, completely what you're saying when you say leave last year's game behind you. Don't think about it. It means nothing today. Of course, if Zach Wilson and the rest of the Jets weren't able to do that, then they don't belong on the field. I just mean in terms of, of being me or being you, if you walk out of this game with a loss and, and this game in particular, and once again, you find yourself saying it was because of Zach Wilson, like that was as bad as it could have gone. I, I don't really know where you even turn after that. There's no more answers. If you can't coach around Zach Wilson to disguise him at the very least, I, I don't know what the Jets do from there. So that's why I think this game is so important. And that's why I think it's so important for Zach Wilson. Because I think if they lose this game because of Zach Wilson, everything flips on its axis, I think. I think we see the locker room revert back to old ways. I think Zach Wilson, if he even has a chance at a smidge of confidence in the league again, I think that's gone. Um, So, yeah, I just think as a fan, if you come away from this game with a loss and it's because of the quarterback, I don't I don't even know what to say at that point. I think it's this game could be it could be such a good thing for the Jets and it could be such a catastrophic thing for the Jets. Yeah, and I I think I I agree, but I think that in terms of the macro level of this organization and I guess Zach Wilson's uh, career arc here, I think that what the Jets are saying right now by not signing a quarterback yet is we're not going to we're going to give Zach until the bye week. So uh, I believe that's what week six is it? So they play the Patriots. uh, It's three, four, five, six weeks. So they got to buy week seven. Right. So, exactly. so, but doesn't that, isn't that strange to you? Cause I don't know what the jets are thinking because I get that bringing another quarterback in here. Um, I get it's not the easiest thing in the world because you kind of have to weigh out. Is this guy good enough that it's going to be worth it for one season? Uh, you have to take into consideration that you're hitting the reset button on that quarterback for a couple weeks uh, to integrate him into the offense and all that. I understand all that, but the jets are going into these games. Like we were saying last week, they're afraid to let Zach Wilson do anything. So like I, I, him being on the roster and being like really your only option, it feels like a vote of confidence, but they obviously don't have confidence in him. So I don't, I, I wish I knew exactly where the Jets heads were at when it came to like just this season, this position, what are you doing? Cause I, I even feel like maybe if they let Zach open it up just a little bit more, maybe you see a better version of him. It's kind of like, you ever like be playing like wiffle ball or just have, you know, someone pitching to you. And it's like, it's hard to control a wiffle ball. So you might see 40 horrible pitches and then, you know, the one meatball you get, it's, you're not going to hit it. You're not expecting a strike. If Zach Wilson never gets a chance to make any quality throws or anything like that, every chance he does, he's going to look like old Zach Wilson where he's spiking balls into the ground. He can't throw a five yard out. If, if he's going to be the only quarterback on your roster, and you don't have another kid coming, it, let him open it up. 
if you're, if you're yeah. saying this is the guy, let him play the position because it's not working the way you're doing it now. And obviously, yeah. get back to running the ball. Get back to running the ball. But let's see a little bit more creativity on offense because everyone knows what's coming. And even if they don't know what's coming, as soon as Zach Wilson drops back, no one's afraid. Yeah, they, they're, they're not. And and I agree. In terms of just the, the X's and O's of it, get in get your running game going and then let that open up the the play action which i think zach wilson has shown that he, he can do if, if there's a few things that you know we've seen from zach wilson that he looks somewhat comfortable doing it's it's those bootleg play actions it's getting outside of the pocket and making plays with his legs uh you know just being an athlete right we always say just just to be an athlete it would be great but getting back to kind of what you said about the, i guess the the macro level of this if there's one thing that I've learned from recent Yankee baseball is is kind of looking at a season and a, and a schedule and even just an individual game from a little bit of a different perspective. And I don't want to say that this is the Jets stance, but I think the Jets probably saw Rodgers go down, looked at the schedule and said, all right, what does everyone say about our schedule? Even with Rodgers, we got to get to 500. So if we have one win under our belt without Rodgers, if we can lessen that and go, you know, two and four the first six weeks before our bye with Zach Wilson, sign up for it. That means that in their mind, the only difference in losing Rodgers th- that thus far would be one win. And I think that that might be the way they're looking at this in terms of Zach Wilson, where, look, if they lose to the Patriots, they'll stick with him because the next week they'll lose to the, they'll lose to the Chiefs. They, they might have lost that game with Rodgers anyway. And then they'll play the Broncos. That'll be must win looking at the way the Broncos are playing. And then they play the Eagles. That's going to be a loss. And I think even with Rodgers, they would have taken those losses, most likely. Maybe a different level of competitiveness. But to me, that's what I think they're they're going to say right now. And anything they anything additional on top of, you know, an extra win now would just be would just be good for Zach Wilson in their eyes. And again, not saying I agree with that, but I think. If you if you're if you're part of you know the 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 front office of the Jets or and you had some truth serum, I think that's what they would say. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, and I don't I don't like it, but that like we always talk about, you know, watching the Yankees and then they'll drop a series to the Tigers in 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 the middle of you know June or whatever, and big up whatever they lost they lost a series to the Tigers, plenty of room to make it back. And again, that's one thing in baseball to do. But in football, you know, you're you lose one game and now all of a sudden you lose this game to the Patriots. And you're if you had any hopes of winning the AFC East, again, the Dolphins are uh, probably leaps and bounds better than you. And uh, probably Bills or Dolphins will most likely be the winner of this division. You'll any any shot of that goes out the window if you just drop even one or two games. Right. So, uh, you know, I think I think for the Jets, again, like we said, this is a huge game, uh, but I think to me they need to treat this game as as not a game against the Patriots. This needs to be just a divisional game at home that, like I said in week one, kills two birds at one stone, have to win this game. Um, let's let's get kind of a little bit uh, more so into the X's and O's of this game. We mentioned getting the run involved. What what is there? What if anything? I guess do the Patriots present on offense that might worry you uh, going into this game? Uh, not much. I just think they're really sound defensively. I think I, I don't want to call it a mismatch or anything like that, but I, I feel like this is a game where the Jets should really thrive on defense. You know, coming off of what you might even call a stinker, uh, this is a this is a real get right game. Um, 
So I, I think that in that, you know, in that breath, the Jets, you know, they have, they have a pretty big advantage there. I would say the the mismatch there is bigger than that on the other side, where you know it's Zach Wilson versus uh, the Patriots defense. I don't know where to. I don't know how to put my thumb on this game because I I just I don't know the way the Jets are are going to game plan this. I don't know what the plan is going into the game. Uh, are we going to see ten plus carries from two running backs? Uh, are we going to see running backs involved in the passing game a little more? Because I would love to see some of that. Uh, I'm not sure how the Jets just approach this game to begin with. I I, I imagine this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like the key to victory, we kind of say it every week, but it rings as true as ever now. It's run the ball well and obviously try not to turn it over. I think yeah, you're, and- you're the better team and you do those two things, I, I just – what else is there? If you lose, if you lose. Yeah. And you mentioned lowest scoring game. It is the lowest score, lowest over under total of the entire week uh, set at 36 and a half right now per bet MGM. So definitely expecting uh, in terms of the betting side of this, a low scoring affair. And I think a lot of people would probably agree with that, but you know, I agree. Couldn't agree with you anymore. We, we, we have very similar thoughts as, as far as I guess how to uh, win a game or win uh NFL games and run an offense, start with the run, get the play action going. And then as far as the Patriots, I think, you know, Mac Jones is, is another one of those. He's a point guard, right? He'll, he doesn't have the ball for long. He's able to neutralize a good rush by getting the ball out quick, quick routes, simple offense. I think sauce Gardner even said that their offense is very simple. And it's kind of funny because they run simple offense and they're, we mentioned before that, the Patriots just seem to be find themselves in every game against any opponent. Shocker how that works, right? Where they they'll run simple yet effective offense, and they're in every game. Um, and, yeah. and you know, I, I, think I, I that, want us to make. A, I want us to try to try to get as close to this game as we can. I, I want to hear a prediction from you because I, I just I, I want to know what you think about this game. It's hard to play the how many points do you need to win game with the Jets because I mean it's all going to depend. The Jets can put up twenty three. Uh, but the defense is on the field all day and you still find a way to lose like that. I think if the Jets win this game, it's a 23 to 17 sort of affair. I don't, I'm not sure the Jets can get to 23. Maybe that's wishful thinking. Uh, I, I would say you probably can't give up three touchdowns. Yeah. I, my number, my number on this is I think 17 wins on either side. Maybe. Yeah. You know, like I, I just think that I can't see, Who's who's scoring the three touchdowns for the Jets? Brees I mean, Hall, Gary Wilson has something in his bag every now and then. Sure, one. Brees Hall, one. Where's the third one coming from? Zach Dalvin, seven yard scamper. Da- uh, push play. Zach Wilson push play yeah. at the one yard line. Yeah. Um. Look, I I think seventeen wins this game. I could see this being a seventeen fourteen field goal game. You know, just to grind it out. You know. Uh. uh maybe field goal towards the end of end of regulation for whoever wins. Um, and, and I guess, I guess that, that this will lead me into my pick. I'm going to pick the jets to win. And I, I think that kind of for, for multiple reasons that we just kind of spoke about, but I really just don't see it really with the Patriots. And I, and, you know, I know I'm going to eat crow if the jets lose by saying that I, I, you know, I just don't see it. I think, you know, your record is what your record is. And you, know, you can say the jets maybe should be, Oh, and two, if not for an unbelievable punt return that will live in jet infamy uh, for years, regardless of what happens this season. Um, they, 
but you know, that might be unfair. The Jets were the better team week one. Yeah, they were, but I think if you, it's one of those scenarios where if you run that exact game back and yeah, you, know, you you might lose it seven times out of ten. You might. It, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I mean by my. A lot of people might consider them to be uh, very as close to zero and two as you possibly could be. Um, but they're one and one. I think they have the better defense, and I think that if Zach Wilson, like you said, cannot be the reason they lose this game, they can win this game. And I think that they they'll the Jets coaching staff there. There's no excuse this week to abandon the run. This isn't a high powered offense. This isn't an offense like the Dolphins, the the Vikings, the Char- the Chiefs, the Chargers that are going to blow you out of the water or shouldn't. And I think that the the Patriots are going to have these long sustained drives that 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 that's a guarantee. Mac Jones will give you that. And I think that the Jets they kind of just got to be consistent this week on offense, run the ball first and second down, really, you know, open up the playbook sure but don't get out of your comfort zone. Don't don't. I don't want to see, you know, first and 10 from your 15, Zach Wilson throwing an incompletion to put you at, at second and 10 from your, you know, inside your own, uh, inside your own 20 yards, I guess. I, I don't want to see bad scenarios. I, I feel like well, the Jets find themselves in a lot of bad scenarios that, you know, run the ball in first and second down two yards on first three yards on second, find yourself in a third and five where, you can you you have a full playbook to operate with, not not any. You don't need to find yourself in a those third and tens where you can only ha- you only have the X amount of routes. Open up the whole playbook, find yourself in favorable favorable positions. And you know what? For this defense, honestly, we we spoke a lot about the offense. Let's get a turnover. Let's get a pick six. Well, give me a give me a fumble, a strip sack fumble from someone. Right get, again, like I said, get the energy involved. I think scoring first is going to be big. And again, I think the Jets win this game 17-14 is my final final prediction. Yeah, well, what you just said there was really like, that was like a, a real depiction of what every week has kind of felt like for the Jets for a little over a year now, where you, you find yourself in bad scenarios with bad field position, and you can't do anything to reverse it. You can't pick up a first down. You can't move the chains at all. And then no matter how well your defense is playing, you're just constantly losing the the position of field battle. And, you know, eventually you're going to give up a touchdown. Every squirrel uh, finds a nut eventually. I, I don't want this game to feel like that. I, I don't need them to do anything outstanding on offense. I'd be happy if they won the game 10 to 3. I just don't want it to feel like they can't stop the bleeding on offense. Uh, I feel like we've shared a lot of the same sentiments about this game logically. I feel like emotionally we're we're not in the same place. I feel like if the Jets lose this game, especially if they lose this game in the fashion that I mentioned earlier that I'm, you know, that I'm so fearful of, I'm going to show up here every week just with my arms folded and one word answers about the Jets. I'm, I'm going to have no professionalism. I'm not going to have any, I'm not going to have any, any room to want to talk about them. They, the Jets are just, I mean, week one, they beat me over the head. If, you, if you're going to lose to the Patriots already, it's going to be a long season. If we're going to keep talking about the Jets, I'm just letting you know, it might get tough. And we might need Bobby just because I'm not going to be able to fill the airtime. So you're saying that not only is the Jets season hanging the balance of this game, but the the sake of the the quality of content that this podcast puts out is also in hanging the balance of this game potentially. Yeah, but I also think that maybe got maybe, it, got maybe it, got my it. My being depressed <laughs> is maybe a good thing for the show. I don't know. It might be. Yeah, you can create your own little your uh, your own character development. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, did you, you didn't give me a final score. You say what? 10, three, you'd be happy with, but what's your real. I'm going to take the jets because I feel like I have to, 
and I know the Jets feel like they have to win. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess if the Jets and Patriots are playing the, the have-to-have game, the Jets are more desperate for this one than the Patriots, although obviously we know how excited the Patriots are to play the Jets. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they squeak out 20 points somehow. And it's it's a weird game, a 20 to 16 sort of game. Okay. I don't, I don't hate that. We're we're both within four points of each other. So I guess that uh that that'll lead us into our picks. All right, so so I'll take us right in since you let off last week with the picks. Uh, we like to go one and one here just so we know that there's not any tomfoolery going on, uh, going on. You outlined it last week. I am up six to three for the moment. You know, can't get too excited about any lead. I mean, really, three points sounds like something. It it, it takes you hitting one three point pick, and uh, you know, and it's a it's a new ball game. So, um, my one point play. I'm going to take the Bills going into Washington. I think the Bills last week, that's who they are. The game against the Jets was weird. I think Josh Allen is just afraid of the Jets. Uh, that's not who the Bills were. The Bills are what they did last week. And the Commanders, while I'm impressed with them, I like them. I think I even root for them, and I like to watch them. Uh, I think that the 2-0, and uh, I don't want to call it fluky or anything like that. It's not. But I, I don't think that, uh, that they're able to hold that up for much longer. I think the Bills might win this by two touchdowns. Uh, the Bills are going to be my one-point play in D.C. at minus six and a half. Interesting. So I came very, very close to making the Commanders my three-point play this week. I don't have a three-point play. I'm just going to get that out of the way. I'm not going to chase this week. But I was very. it was a very, very strong consideration of mine. I think, uh, just getting real quick on the Bills, I think that they are – I don't like what I saw with them against the Jets. And you could say what you want about, you know, uh, Josh Allen and how he he plays against the Jets historically now. Uh, Something's a little off about this team, I think. And I I, I don't want to be the one that's going to bet on them and and have them go back at me when I look back and say, oh, wow, I just bet against a 2-0 team at home. But your pick, not mine. I'm going to go a different direction here with my one-point pick. My one-point pick this week I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins, minus six and a half, hosting the feeble Denver Broncos. Um, I just think the Dolphins are right now the probably the best team in the AFC right now. Um, I don't think the game against the Patriots was as close as the score uh, ended up to be. And I think that likewise for the Broncos, minus a, an abs- a, a true Hail Mary from Russell Wilson, this that wasn't even a game last week. I think Dolphins are, uh, you know, you get three points for being at home, another three and a half on top of them. I think the Dolphins are a whole touchdown better than the Broncos. Um, and then they get three for being at home again. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the six and a half, and I'm going to give it with the Miami Dolphins Sunday, one o'clock. Okay, so there was, a, there, there was a, a lot of different ways I thought about going with this next pick. Uh, I thought about the pick that you just made. I thought about just trying to snipe the uh, the Rams at plus two and a half, as we just talked about off the air. Joe Burrow might be out, and that line might look outstanding in a couple days. But I'm going to refrain from that, too. I think there is a, a clear-cut uh, best play on the board here. 
and I think that's the the Lions minus three. I, I think that that's just it's the best play on the board. It's the sharpest pick. Uh, in fact, I think it's so sharp that I actually don't like it. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to cover a huge number. They're rolling. They're on the road. Um, the, the not uh, not a typical pick that I would make. Um, I guess just for the sake of competition, I, I didn't feel like taking the Dolphins. And there's, it just feels like something sneaky about that Detroit game. I don't see why the Cowboys shouldn't go out there and just shove the football down their throats. I mean, if they're, if they're going to beat New York collectively by how many points? Like 70? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go and beat the worst team in the NFL and cover your number. Uh, it's two touchdowns. It's hefty. It's a lot. But I, I think I like it. I, I don't know what answer uh, Arizona might have for them, Trey Diggs or not. Interesting. I, I don't hate it. Although I'm just going to make you aware that that is the same pick as our guest pick this week. Just letting you fully be aware of that. Not my competition. Uh, true. Very, very much true. Um, my two point play. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that there there's a very obvious line here to take and you didn't want to fall into the trap. I mean, no Bryce Young, uh, no, th- this team I thought looked unserious uh, on primetime this, this week. The Panthers, I, I you know, 0-2 against the Seahawks team at home. You're telling me they're only two and a half points better than the Panthers without Bryce Young? Come on, five and a half with the Seahawks? Give me a break. I, I'd, lay, I'd lay eight and a half. I'll take it. Seahawks minus five and a half. I think they, ste- like you just said, about the Cardinals, I think they steamroll the Panthers. Panthers 0-3, Seahawks 2-1, defending home turf. I am all over the Seahawks pick. You're someone with, you know, a more of a, a day-in, day-out, um, you know, you're in the betting world more than I am. Is there not something fishy about not just the Lions line, but that line? I mean, the Lions game that I said is probably the sharpest play on the board. I mean, they're minus three at home. Unless I know the Falcons are 2-0. We're saying that that's an even game in Detroit. I, I, I don't get that. I don't understand how that line uh, winds up like that. Uh, and then likewise to the game that uh, that you just picked. I, I just feel like those are those are slim numbers. Well, to the to the to the Falcons Lions game, I, I guess I'll I'll say this. There's a reason why I picked the Falcons the first two weeks of the season and have have came a half point away from being two and zero. I think the Falcons are we we've praised them in the past. I think the Falcons are 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 going to be a good and sneaky team this year. They again, they're already two and zero. They're you already your record says you are. They they closed out a tough game last week. They Desmond Ritter looks again looks like he's being a point guard. They haven't even used a guy like Kyle Pitts. Bijan Robinson is on every highlight reel. They're they're going to be a tricky team, and I, I think that to me personally, I saw that line and I, I said kind of stay away because. To me, that game is very much a coin flip. Um, but if I had a lean on that game, I, I think I'm, I'm on the Falcons plus three, to be honest. Is that crazy? No, no, it's not crazy. I just, I don't, I feel like the Falcons are exciting and the Lions are very good. Okay, and, and this this week will be the uh, the the determinant of that, determinant of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's go around the rest of the league. Well, well, do we do we want to? So we do have a guest pick. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, we're not going to mention him by name. He's just a guy. You've seen him on the show. He, he actually created the show. Uh, we're just going to call him the founder. He is our third 
um, guest picks so far, obviously, in week three. Uh, guests of Apanis are 2-0. and I think if every pick that we just put out there, if you bet every single one as a singles, uh, you'd certainly be up. So the creator of the show, this was a three-man show for about five minutes. He has the guest pick for today, and it, it you said it matched one of mine. Can you read off what that pick was? That would be the Dallas Cowboys giving, I have 12 and a half. Is that correct? Yes. Dallas Cowboys giving 12 and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. That is the official guest and McFeely's pick. To the rest of the league, let's start with a, a pretty big game and very relevant game in terms of uh, a lot of just storylines this week. The Titans plus three and a half in, go into Cleveland and play the Browns. No Nick Chubb as we all probably saw that injury um, either live or after the fact. But uh, I think I'm on the Titans plus three and a half. Thought of them here about when making one of my picks. Yeah, so this is the 2018-2019 uh, the uh, Houston Texan Bowl here with uh, Watson versus uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Both of these teams are a little strange. They're kind of like, you know, they're certainly not in that top tier of the AFC. I would venture to guess they're probably not even in the second. I feel like they both have like a residue or an aura of disappointment just that kind of surrounds them. Um, you know, I feel like the Titans kind of missed their window. But that's a team that still, you know, any given Sunday has an opportunity to uh, take over a game with the with the kind of players they have on offense. So I think Chubb being out, uh, you're introducing a completely new new running game. I shouldn't say new running game, but just, you know, guys that haven't touched the football for you this year. Uh, and I, I just, like I said the other day, I don't think Deshaun Watson's a good player anymore. I don't know what it is. I just think the swagger is gone. Um, I, I'm, I'm leaning Tennessee. I mean, this game is kind of a crapshoot to me. I'm leaning Tennessee. All right, very, very fair. I think either either way, if either team wins this game, it's, it should be a close game. Um, we already went over the Falcons and the Lions. Uh, let's get to the Saints and the Packers. Packers at home, giving one and a half. Uh, this is a two and zero game. You you pick against two two and zero teams this week for your picks. Are you? Would you pick the Packers giving a point and a half here? This is tough. I think the the Saints are they're they're a more established, uh, you know, ready to go now sort of NFL team. Obviously, neither of these teams world beaters, and I don't expect to see either of them there in the end. Um, man, I, I yeah, I think the 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 Saints are the better team going into Lambeau. Do I trust them? I'm gonna say I do. I'm, I'm gonna say the Saints get to three and zero. And they probably have a little parade, and then and then after that, we'll, we'll start to see the uh, the decline. I I think I'm going to disagree with you here. I think I like what I've seen out of Jordan Love. They might not be uh, with Aaron Jones, but uh, that again, that's going to. I thought they they stood toe to toe last week, and I think that Jordan Love is good, and I I like what I've seen there. And again, Lambeau is just always a great environment to play in. I think if this game, the home field advantage in this game, definitely are two of the more prevalent home field advantages in the entire league. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to take the Packers giving a point and a half. Um, we already talked about the but, but Dolphins. It looks, like, it looks like Christian Watson is what? Going to play or not? He's he's questionable. They, they He practiced in limited fashion, and then he mispracticed, but they said that he mispracticed uh, expectedly. Like, that was kind of part of his rehab plan. Uh, so, TBD. Um, yeah, give me, give me New Orleans. Okay, and very, very, I mean, I think this game is very much a, a coin flip. One and a half is is very coin flip based. So, um, I, 
no surprises there. Uh, did you have a lean in this uh, the Dolphins game? I think you said you liked that pick. Dolphins Broncos. Yeah, I, I like the Dolphins. I, I I can't keep saying it with Denver. I just there's there's gonna have to be a, a turnaround offensively. It's just gonna have to be. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, they just seem like a frustrated bunch. So yeah, I mean, I, I think the Dolphins handle them. I don't think they can keep up. Agree, and that is that is exactly why I made it one of my picks. Next game, the probably the most shocking two. 0-2 teams in the entire league. The Vikings host the Chargers. Talking about must win, Vikings giving one here. I know uh, who you're picking. I mean, I'm obviously picking Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I guess which team is more desperate here? Which team really has aspirations of doing something this year? I guess you would probably say the Chargers are a little more desperate. It just kind of feels that way. Um, this is a really tough game. Um, uh, I, I such a tough I game. I wouldn't touch this game on a sports book. No, I'm not. Begged me to. But, yeah, I mean, I I almost just flipped a coin again to you know on my phone. Uh, you know what? I'll go against you for the fun of it. Let's take uh, 1 o'clock Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. True. Not Definitely not prime time. Um, yeah, that's – and think about the, the difference in, I guess, just uh, overall game, you know, the, the state of the game. The over-under for this game, 54. The over-under for the Jet game, 36 and a half. <laughs> just yeah, totally just a different different sport being played yeah. uh, in Minnesota this weekend. Um, the next game, the Bills. This was your pick. Uh, the Bills giving six and a half to the Commanders uh, on the road. Washington 2-0. and I'm, like, I'm going to flip it. I think I like the Commanders, like I said. I thought about them as just a three-point straight-up winner here. I, I think Sam Howell is a gamer, uh, and I think that they might lose this game, but I think that they'll be able to hang with the Bills and the kind of or what I've seen of the Bills thus far. Um, I think the Bills are going to be a, are a totally different team at home than on the road. And I think that the Commanders just kind of have a little bit of buzz and swagger to them. Um, I'm going to take the Commanders plus six and a half. If this gets to seven, I'll love it. Yeah, I'm a fan of the Commanders, too. And I mean, believe me, Sunday one o'clock, I'm going to be one of the biggest Commanders fans on the planet. Uh, I just think that this feels like one of those games where the Bills should be able to to pull away in the second half and and clear a, a touchdown. I mean, all, you know, if all I need is seven, uh, then I love the Bills. So fair. All right, next game: Jaguars hosting the Houston Texans. Jaguars giving eight and a half, big number at home. Um, what do you what do you think about that one? I mean, logic would tell you to just trust Jacksonville. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna say they win the game by a touchdown, and it's just one of those kind of strange, you know, defensive uh, divisional games. And I, and I think the Texans hang in there for a little bit. So now I'm gonna go. Couldn't be more opposite of you. Uh, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Texans, but my reasoning is a little different than yours. I think that neither of these teams. Actually, I shouldn't say neither of these teams, but I don't think the Texans play a lick of defense. And I think that they can really play offense and they're going to need to play offense to hang with this team. I love the over in this game, over 44 and a half. Give me that. And I'll take the Texans because I think this game gets gets to be shootout wise. And, you know, not for nothing, the the Jaguars looked okay against the Chiefs last week, but they, I, I think they can turn it on and I think they will turn it on against a, a bad Texans defense. But I, I don't know. This... This Texans team can really – C.J. Shrug, if there's anything you can do, is sling the ball. He's been th- – I think he's thrown 300 yards first two starts or something like that. But 
I like them to hang in this game, and I like the over, and I'm going to take them plus eight and a half. Um, next game, which I will not be taking the plus eight and a half, <laughs> the Ravens host the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Anthony Richardson no, uh, officially ruled out today. Um, it will be Gardner Minshew starting for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Ravens at home giving eight and a half. I'm going to give it all day and maybe twice on Sunday. Yeah, I, I thought about making this um, my one of my one of my actual yeah. plays, uh, but you know, I, I, I'm not going to. I just figured maybe I, I shook the the Ravens bottle a little too much and I, and I used up my luck and I you know I, I got them as a dog last week. I just figured I would stay away from them this time around, but no, I, I love the Ravens. Uh, they, they should win this game by 20 points. Uh, at home, so yeah, I'm right with you there. And and uh, and who wants to bet against Gardner Minshew? You know, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do either. Although it definitely was up there for me. Um, my my next pick was the Seahawks giving five and a half to the Panthers. Uh, Panthers led by again Andy Dalton. No Bryce Young this week. Uh, did you have a lean on that game? Did you like that five and a half? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I right. think the Seahawks look like they did last year, which I'm not sure I expected. So at home, they should be able to handle their business. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The next game, uh, this was, I mentioned a couple games that I liked. This was probably the, if we had three picks, this would be my third. I'm a big, like, where there's smoke, there's fire and stay away kind of guy. And I don't like any of the stories that are coming out of the Chicago Bears team. Uh, the defensive coordinator, I think, is being on, under investigation. His house was raided. He stepped down or whatever it was. And then uh, as well as the offensive problems with Justin Fields, Chiefs giving 12 and a half. I think anything under under 14 here is is a gift. So I'll take the I'll take the Chiefs minus 12 and a half at home to the Bears. Yeah, Chicago always uh, been known for running a real Real uh, a blue chip and just just really outstanding uh, organization. Um, I, this might be I might be picking this with my heart because I refuse to bench Justin Fields. I'm gonna keep playing him. Sometimes I feel like the Chiefs, for lack of a better term, goof off in the regular season. And I think this game has the potential where, you know, if you're if you're going up against an offense as high powered as Kansas City's. This might be time where Chicago, you know, cuts the act and we finally see Justin Fields uh, let loose a little bit here. And I think it, plus 12 and a half, I, I could see Chicago uh, losing this game by 10 points. But you're right. I, I mean, I I don't like betting on teams that have a lot of garbage going on either. But yeah, I mean, I'll take Chicago. Fair enough. Uh, next game, uh, I guess this is, this is yours and uh, faceless guest pick. But the Cowboys giving 12 and a half to the Cardinals on the road. Uh, you know, I'm not as sold as I think I am, uh, you know, on this pick that you are. I think this is the 12 and a half is a fair line. Again, this is one that, you know, if I had to play it, I'd probably play it up to 14 and, and take the Cardinals 14 and a half and just hope they stay within two touchdowns. Maybe some some garbage time backdoor cover here. But for the sake of, I guess, you know, just the pod, I'll, I'll, lean, I'll lean with the, the Cowboys minus 12 and a half here there. Yeah, quite, I, I feel quite like, literally like, the better team. Yeah, I, I'm a little turned off um, by betting against Arizona after they put up that many points on the Giants. But just look at what the Cowboys are doing to offenses. I don't think they they put up you know an eighth of the points they did um, against the New York Football Giants. So yeah, that's, yep. that was my pick there. Fair enough. Next game will be the Sunday night game. This is the Steelers against the Raiders. Both teams one and one. Steelers with an impressive defensive victory last uh on monday night i believe it was 
against the Browns. Steelers plus two and a half here on the road. This is a tough yeah. game. This is a tough one. I think I'm leaning Pittsburgh just be just because of the things that you know everyone and, and you uh, certainly kind of just wax poetic about with Pittsburgh on a week to week basis. I, I think if, if we're expecting them to win eight or nine games, uh, and this game is sort of a, a toss up, it's a divisional game. I know they're on the road, but I, it, this is a, this is a team that's going to get to 500 or above. I feel like this is one of those games that you win. And uh, you know, coming off of an impressive performance, yeah, I'll, I'll take them to go in there and uh, and grab a win. I'm gonna flip flop you there. I, I'm gonna take, I guess, not with with as much confidence as you know, definitely not one of my picks. But uh, I like the Raiders here, giving two and a half. I don't think that they're as bad as they were against the Bills last week. I just think the Bills were, you know, were, were salty about losing Week One, home opener wanted to beat up on someone beat up on the Raiders they just happened to be in their way um but I don't think they're that bad and then you know not for nothing the you just said what you said about Deshaun Watson and they lose Nick Chubb in the middle of that game and and the the Steelers defense looked dominant uh, against the Browns which again like you said not not necessarily the best offense we're kind of questioning Deshaun Watson again but I think the defense had a lot to do with that. I'm not sure the defense really gets up so much for this game against the Raiders on the road. And I think that the Raiders have a lot of weapons. Like, you know, they newsflash, they have the leading rusher and arguably the, the best receiver of the last 10 years on their team, arguably. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. I like them giving two and a half here. I think I'd take it, I'd take it anywhere up to about, you know, once you get to that four, four and a half range, I, I think that's when you start to start to think about the other side. Uh, I like the Raiders here with with the the two and a half hook. That's fair. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little lower on the. I mean, like I, I don't know. I think what do the Raiders have? They have a win by one point over Denver, and then a, a pretty convincing loss uh, to Buffalo. So that that's the only reason I'm leaning Pittsburgh. But you know, I, I could see them being a pleasant surprise also. Yep, uh, and we head to Monday night. Two Monday night games again. Um, one, I guess, I guess the potential of a really good slate here. A couple cool stories. First game, both 2-0 teams. The Eagles head to Tampa Bay and play the Baker Mayfield-led Buccaneers, um, who seem to be the darling of the league right now. But what, where's your lean on this? Because I have an interesting take. Well, I'm excited to hear yours. Um, and, you know, the Bucs are one of those teams where, you know, I feel like every season you kind of, you know, you just naturally you pick up like four or five just – darling teams that for whatever reason you can't even explain it you just kind of root for them i think tampa bay is kind of becoming that for me uh man but should the eagles go in there and win by a touchdown yes they should uh would i be shocked if they didn't no i think the eagles have, have looked you know they're a 2-0 team i expect them to be there in the end but they've gotten off to to a somewhat of a slow start and uh tampa bay's done the exact opposite so if you're gonna go tampa bay i, I won't kill you for it um i'd be you know, I'd be excited to listen to your reasoning. I'm still going to lean Eagles. I just feel like, how could you not? But that that's where I stand here. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, I, for some reason, don't feel much conviction taking the Eagles over Tampa. Whereas if you asked me three weeks ago how I'm going to feel about that game, I'd probably be like, oh, that's probably like my pick of the year. So this is a, uh, this is a spot where, you know, I could have been controversial and could have taken the Buccaneers as my three-point play. Totally chased this week. And totally just kind of went out on a limb and said, "I'm gonna put, I'm gonna back Baker Mayfield and 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 kind of put my money where my mouth is." I really think the Bucks might win this game, and for a couple of reasons. One, you know, there's something about this Eagles defense that it's it just not, you know, they they 
the Vikings are a good offense. I get it, but the the Vikings kind of had their way a little bit with the with the Eagles defense. I, I thought that I think that there's something off still about this Eagles team, and you know, the, we talk about I guess hungrier dog and whatnot. Bucks at home. You're telling me that the Eagles at this current state are are seven and a half points better than this Bucks team at home. I don't know. I, I, I like the Bucks plus four and a half here, and it was very close to just taking the Bucks on the money line here on a fat money line. I think it's like plus two something. But I like the Bucks. I think it's a cool story. And uh, you know, they I saw some quotes out of the Bucks that said, you know, they 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 fuel themselves based on the people underrating them and overlooking them and saying, you know, the Brady era is over. They're going to rebuild, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I like the Bucks to not only cover the four and a half, but I, I, I really do think they might win this game. That's fair. Is this uh, so we, we're, we're going to have one game left here, the, the second Monday night game. Is this our last week of getting the double Monday night? I believe so, at least for the foreseeable future. I'm not sure if they sneak one in at the end or anything. And then, obviously, yeah. playoff time might be a little bit different. Uh, I believe so, but, you know, I, I don't mind it, to be honest. I, I kind of like having the two games on. I didn't think I didn't think it really – I was like, uh, you know, I didn't miss any of the other games by no, having two games on last a, week. I thought that was a bigger problem than it was. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I think it's, you know, on, like paper, it, on, on paper it looks annoying, but uh, I don't think, you know, realistically – if you have, you know, a laptop or an iPad and a TV, you're good. So, you know, you don't you don't need to you don't need to watch every commercial. And most of the time, when a commercial is going on, you have some going on in the other game. You won't miss much. You'll be okay. Um, so the last game to slate, the Bengals, the 0-2 Bengals, probably the most shocking 0-2 team. I mentioned the Vikings and the Chargers before, but the most probably the most shocking 0-2 team, the Bengals, host the Rams, the one and one Rams. Uh, as of right now, let's uh, make two Joe, picks here. Let's make a with Joe and a without okay. Joe. Uh, so how about this? I'm taking the Rams with or without. So that let's just put it that way. I think the Rams are are a, another team that is. We I said it uh, when we recapped. I said it when the preview last week. They're being overlooked. I think this Bengals team is, if they're smart, and I, I really, really, truly believe this. Let Joe Burrow just rest for a week. Understand that there is a lot of season left, and you'd rather him. You know, be a hundred percent for presumably a hundred percent for week four on versus you know being fifty percent from week three on. You know what I mean? I, I let him heal. I think you know you have a real chance at home, uh, even without Joe Burrow. I think you get a, definitely a real chance to win this game uh, if you're the Bengals. But I, I think that I like if I had to put a lean on this game. I, I think I like the Rams plus two and a half. And if they officially roll Burrow out, I think this line probably goes. Maybe closer to like a pick them. So I'm going to take the Rams either way. Uh, I, I think I'm in the same boat. I'm going to take the Rams either way. I The, the one the one thing I, I'm a little, uh, a little nervous about is, I mean, the, the reason you would pick the Rams is because picking against the, against the Bengals has been lovely uh, as long as Joe Burrow is at like 50% or below. He's probably in worse shape now than he was the last two games. But there, there's got to be something to, like, the desperation factor of this game where, I mean, it's happened a handful of times. But, I mean, you, the odds are really stacked against you in this league if you fall behind 0-3 and, and you have plans of making the playoffs. So, I, I for that reason, I kind of expect Joe Burrow to play, even though your plan makes more sense where it's let's get out of this weekend, let's have a healthy quarterback for the remainder of the season. 
and you should be good enough to make some noise and be there at the end. But I, this is this is a tough game for the Bengals, not knowing if you're gonna have your quarterback or not, because you know I, it's not a must-win. But if you're 0 three, every game after your next couple games after that probably are. So it, it's a tough game. I'm gonna go Rams just based on what we've what we've seen. But the Bengals need a win. Yeah, you know it's a t- there's a lot of games this week. I feel like that you can kind of say, you know, l- just look at the, look at the schedule real quick. Who needs a win this week, right? The the Broncos need a win. The Chargers, Vikings need a win. Jets need a win. Uh, who else? Um, the Bears kind of need to win. There's a lot of games this week where there's a lot of need to wins. Uh, you know, I did, I did Bengals, argue the Patriots and Denver. Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot. There's a, there's definitely a lot of those games this week. So I think it's a there's a lot of heavy favorites this week. But I think that this is uh you know this is kind of week three is when you really start to gauge. All right. You know, maybe one win was a fluke and you're one and one, or maybe, you know, one of your two wins was a fluke and you should have been one and one. I think that week three is a, a week where you, the cream kind of rises to the top and uh, you kind of get a little bit of a better landscape perspective of the league. So, uh, yeah, tough. I think definitely tough games. But um, you, are you did you say you were officially on Rams? Yeah, I'm on way? Rams. I mean, just based on what I've seen, I mean, what, what are the Bengals going to do to turn around without their without their quarterback at full health? And maybe without their quarterback at all. Yeah, very possible without their quarterback at all. Um, any final yeah, thoughts on this week's slate? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad at all. You know, he, they, they had the option to just, you know, they could have just let him rest for week one or let him rest for week two. So, you know, don't, I, I you know, I don't, I feel bad for Joe Burrow and the fact that, you know, they just paid him all this money and he's now instantly injured uh, or not I mean, 100%. Maybe we'll say. To not feel bad for Joe Burrow. Yeah. Oh, well, that's you, not me. Um, oh, that stinks, dude. You got $300 million. What are you even going to do with all that, bro? That's no, but from a competitive dude, I feel, standpoint. Dude, I actually feel bad for you, dude. I really do. It's a lot of money. No, no, no. From a comp- He'll be okay. He'll, he's, his family's going to eat for years regardless. Not not what I'm worried about. From a competitive standpoint, you kind of want to, if you're Joe Burrow, you, you don't want to find yourself 0-3. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? I Coming back and then just, now, uh, imagine the weight on your shoulder at 0-3. So, um, any other thoughts on this slate uh, before we get out of here? I think it's a good one. It was it was not the easiest slate to pick. I think there were a couple games I really liked, but so there's a lot of toss ups this week. So it should be another fun NFL week. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking for a great week of football. And again, I, I like the two Monday night games to end the week. Um, all right, well there you have it. Big Pod recap, preview around the league picks. Uh, we'll be back probably Tuesday, Wednesday of next week to to recap a hopeful jet win and hopefully a sweep on our picks. Um, but uh, if nothing else, thank you for listening and peace out. Enjoy football. Go Jets.